0: probably be dead. It's the Stansberry Show. Rock 1069.
1: And welcome to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 1069. Let me see here. Uh, do I have keywords today that are worth $1,000 for you? I got I got to find I gotta, dude, I got to get some stuff together here. Let me Let me see here. I do. I do. I do have keywords that are worth $1,000 uh, for you today. So we'll do that uh, both at 7:10 this morning and 8:10. That one's on me. I uh, I should have known that before coming live, but I got to be honest with you, I think it might also uh, be my boss's fault. Let me tell you what I did not need to start my Monday morning. Let me tell you what I didn't need. I didn't need this. (laughs) Your boy didn't need Broken by Seether and Amy Lee. I didn't need that. I don't need that right now. That's not, I don't need this right now. The hell's he doing to me? It's Monday morning. (laughs) You got like Seether's breakup tune on me right now? What the hell are you doing? Talk about a boss shooting his air talent right in the foot right there. (laughs) <laughs> right there. I, uh, I did do some retail therapy over that, uh, you know, over the weekend, by the way. I, um, you know, how sometimes you'll do that. And you're like, you know what, dude, let me spend money. That'll fix some of my issues. <laughs> right? Like all of a sudden, like, you know, eh, it's, uh, just get some cash flying out of this wallet. Maybe I'll feel better. So I bought a couple of new clubs. You can see those Dan.Stansbury on Instagram if you happen to be on that. Um, and I did feel better for all of about 20 minutes, and I realized, well, you're not going to be able to hit them for another month because it's still pretty cold out there, uh, at least too cold to be playing golf. Got a lot to get to this morning, including Cadbury. Uh, they're the new um, national brand that's under some fire over an advertisement that they have. I've already made this available for you at the show's Facebook page, at Sansbury Shows, how you find that. And uh, there's the same-sex kiss in this, in this Cadbury ad, so people are freaking out because, you know, the Cadbury eggs are about the kids and what are we doing and we're forcing narratives and all that stuff. So we'll get there coming up at 930, but the video is already on board. If you've ever just wondered what people who work for your children's school or maybe the school district think about you or think about your children, wonder no more. I have some audio for you. We'll play it coming up at 9 a.m. this morning. People forget this all the time. I try to rem- uh, remind people a lot. That I don't care what the body of uh, people is. I don't care what the group is. It is compiled by human beings. And we all have our faults. And so we have some audio. We'll play that for you coming up 9 a.m. Also, Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Get his take on J.J. Watt. Also, at 7 a.m., I'll have some uh, audio for you on the champ. The new champ makes a desperate plea for J.J. Watt to join the Browns. I'd like to see it. You know, I uh, Shane is a uh, Uber driver here, Lyft driver too. Um, and he picked me up the other night and we were, you know, as he was driving me home, he asked me, he's like, yo, yeah, man, I listened a little bit. I'm kind of curious, man. I, I, You know, maybe I missed it. I didn't hear what you think about JJ. And I said, look, man, he's expensive and I think he's going to be limited. I, I, you've seen this in in previous years with him. I, I'm not sure 16 games is a full expectation out of JJ Watt." I said, but I would do it. I said, because if you look around the NFL, it looks as if, You need to start telling these dudes and showing them, look, we're all in. So they don't start griping. They don't start getting to their agents and they don't start trying to force trades and do all this stuff. I'd be doing stuff. I hate the fact that it's come to this, but I would be doing stuff, trying to sell my roster on. Look, man, I'm trying to get you guys a ring. I'm going all in. I'm trying to get you guys the title. So if you stay here and just like, and so that's why I'd be doing that. I don't think he's necessarily going to be the J.J. Watt everybody wants him to be, which is the J.J. Watt from six years ago, but he's still better than most, I think, and I think he can help you. I understand the Pittsburgh he wants to play with his brothers thing. I disagree. I think he'd rather play against him. I know Stephen A. Smith, I think most of that was probably tongue-in-cheek, but Stephen A. Smith said, you know, it'd be an abomination or whatever the hell Stephen always is screaming about. I, uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'd rather beat my brother than play with him, but that's just me.
0: Here's what's next on The Stansbury Show.
1: All right. So next on the program, Corey Taylor admits, yeah, man, I'm old man yelling at Cloud. I'm the worst
0: old fogey dude shaking his cane ever. And I hate everything.
1: Yeah, we'll tell you what Corey Taylor's all up in arms about next on The Stansberry Show.
0: The Stansbury Show. The rule of people one must walk among 106.9.
1: Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9, reachable 1-800-243-7625. On Instagram for you, Dan.Stansberry, at Show. both on Facebook and Twitter. We'll talk to Scott from WinningForNextYear.com, get his take on J.J. Watt, a few other sports things uh, from around the world. Do that at 8 o'clock the way we always do Mondays. golf fans. We got a good tournament over the weekend. Max Homa gets his second win. That was, uh, it was good to see. He actually uh, tweeted out after, he's huge on Twitter, Max is, and uh, he, he tweeted out after the tournament, it was Tiger's tournament. He's like, you know, I spent 12 years at Riviera trying to get Tiger to give me a high five, and now he just handed me a trophy. What a world. And I was like, yeah, that had to be, uh, be kind of cool. So we'll talk to Scott about a few other things, but uh, mostly J.J. Watt, future of the Browns draft, uh, pretty much right around the corner now, uh, so we'll get his take on a bunch of that kind of stuff. All right. Um, not everybody likes everything. Right. And, uh, as a matter of fact, I just got a message from a guy named Dale who hates me so much. I remember when I was on vacation and, uh, the radio station announced I was coming back. He like sent this big, huge diatribe about how well, I listen, but not anymore. Cause that guy, I mean, I hate him. I just, I, he sucks and I hate him. And so like, he just sent me another message this morning. He's like, I can't even listen
0: to your commercials, man.
1: And it just made me laugh, because I, I, I wish I knew which one of the 5,000 annoying things about me <laughs> that it was. You know what I mean? Because it's not like I don't know I'm annoying. I know I'm annoying, right? Not everybody likes everything. And Corey Taylor's actually out there now kind of talking about that. Corey Taylor, obviously, from Stone Sour, just played them there uh, through Glass, and then also uh, Slipknot. We know that, right? And uh, Corey Taylor's like one of the very few, I don't know, I mean, rock stars out there right now, right? I mean, it's Dave Grohl. And Corey Taylor and Dave Grohl, and it's Corey Taylor. I mean, they're, the, I mean, it's rock's pretty faceless, right? I mean, it just kind of is. I know people are going to tell me about good bands, and thankfully, and actually, we're going to talk about good bands here in a second. We're going to talk about new good music here in a second. I'm actually going to need some help on that here in just one second. Here's what Corey Taylor had to say about what's going on in the rock scene right now.
0: So many of these bands that sound like this, or sound like that, or sound like the other guy, and it's like, well, they obviously, listen to two albums you know that have been out for a minute
1: he's obviously talking about these guys right he's talking about greta van fleet and the fact that they kind of sound like led zeppelin right that's what he's talking about i would imagine he's like you know these bands listen to a couple of records my guess is he's talking about greta van fleet and you either really like this band or really don't like them that, their singer's the weak part for me. I don't, he sounds like somebody trying to sound like Robert Plant. I don't think he sounds like Robert Plant. That's my problem with them. Is that everybody's like, oh, he sounds just like Robert Plant. And I'm like, no, he sounds like somebody trying to sound like Robert Plant. And like that's, in there lies the difference for me and I guess Corey Taylor.
0: Um, but the ones that really frustrate me are the ones that they take something that's been around forever and then just basically rework it yeah, and these dudes. yeah, these call it new. Yeah, these even though it's completely derivative, it's completely. Whoa, 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 like, whoa, whoa, wait, whoa, wait, though.
1: Derivative is okay, though, right? And not only is it okay, it's It's inevitable. Music will always be derivative. Like you can't. You'll always lean on what came before you. We talked about this a little bit last week where I was talking about why am I a fan of the MC5? It's because Nikki Sixx was a fan of the MC5 and he talked about them constantly and then yes, through that you could hear some of it, not necessarily a ton of it, but you could hear some of it in Nikki's writing and, and some of that. So like music
0: being derivative isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know the band they're ripping off. You, like, they're not even trying to rip off like a bunch of bands. They're ripping off one band. Uh,
1: okay, yeah, all right, yeah, I would agree that Greta Van Fleet kind of is ripping off Led Zeppelin. They do kind of do that
0: and it's so
1: But but the sword ripped off Black Sabbath and nobody has a problem with that The sword is a is a Black Sabbath ripoff band. I mean they are they're great and I love them But it's Black Sabbath reworked. It
0: is the younger generation picks them up and says this is our blah blah blah
1: meaning Greta Van Vliet fans. Greta Van Vliet, sorry the younger fans pick it up and go, "This is our Led Zeppelin," because they are kind of being sick of being browbeaten.
0: Our oh, of that, because they're tired of old people telling them that the music that came before them was better. And yeah, that
1: does get old. It does get old, but also I think there's a reason. I don't know if this is true of women. It does seem to be true of, of all like men that I've known there 's this phase of men where you go back and you go through your classic rock phase. You just kind of have to do it I, again i won 't speak for women. Every guy I know has done that where it's like it's like you kind of you go back, you listen to everything that kind of came before, and some of us stay stuck in it and then um, or, and then or not and by stuck in it, I mean say, no, 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 this is when, when stuff was really great. Um, and then, you know, can appreciate new stuff. And then some people just go, okay, now that I've got the, you know, the appreciation of it, uh, fine, but now I'm all the way over here on this new stuff. And you know, either way it works. I, guess. I don't know
0: who's right, but I know both are wrong because we should be encouraging everything. Mm-hmm. I'm just as bad. I'm the worst old fogey dude shaking his cane ever. <laughs> and I hate everything. I hate all new rock for the most part. I the, the, Well, the, the artists too. All
1: right, we're going to get to what he's talking about here in a second because he takes a pretty serious dig at one particular artist, and I do want to talk on that, touch on that rather, sorry. Um, this is what I'm always talking about. Like, there's a guy in the scene. In the scene. Has interest in record labels. Signs other bands. Kind of telling you. it all kind of sucks right now like it's all just not very good it's like and that's i always tell people you know people always say to me you know you the radio station does this or the radio station does that and i always say yeah because it's what you do really want what if you change it too much people freak out people don't really like change and we don't really have a whole lot of tolerance for the for the new and unfamiliar um why does new tuesday work as well as it does with all that being true i'm not sure about that actually i i i wish i knew i wish i knew if i if i knew i would be doing more things that that, that did that and worked that well but you know th- there is truth in what i'm saying here and people th- what, what nobody wants to have been about music is this is that it is time stamps of your life and so you like the stuff That was hot and new when your life was young and carefree, because that's what happens when you listen to it, it almost transports. That's the power of music. And that's why I want to be careful about canceling and cancel is because dude, music transforms you back to a simpler time. You ever hear songs and it makes you think about one person. You won't think about them anywhere. Not even sexually. It could be a friend. It could be this, but you never think about them. Ever. Maybe you haven't even thought about them in 20 years. Years long, I'm like, oh, yeah, remember that time of the drive when we were like 10? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it does that. And so people do get to that point in their lives where you reach an age and you're like almost not as accepting of some newer things. And I actually, I try to be, I still like a lot of new hip hop. I still like a lot. I try to just stay current as much as I can. But I got to be honest with you. I love listening to music in my house way more than I want to watch television. And lately, I've been struggling when I'm like, all right, well, who do I want to pull up? I can't listen to Motley Crue anymore. Like, I've done it. Like, I, I've done it, right? Um, I Last week, I was knee-deep in Tesla's catalog because I forgot. I'm like, damn, dude, this band actually, for the time, was actually really good. Like, and their players were good and all that. But, like, I find myself not finding as much new music that's great as I wish I could. I love, there's nothing better in life for me than when somebody turns me onto something new that I love. I love that. I find people who do that are important. Um, I love when I discover new music through somebody I know. I
0: love that. Failed in one genre and decided to go rock. Okay,
1: so now he's talking about, this is
0: more people in rock that piss them off. Rock, for the most part, I the, well, the, the artists who failed in one genre and decided to go rock. So he's talking about, I would imagine,
1: He's talking about Machine Gun Kelly. Right? That's who he's talking about. Kind of failed in one format and then kinda of like, alright, now I'm gonna go be rock. My guess is he's talking about Machine Gun Kelly. Well, first of all, is this rock music? I I I don't know. I mean, again, genre labeling gets weird. It's not metal, it's death metal, no, it's spoon metal, and it's like you know, it's like who the f- you know what I mean? That's stoner doom metal, and like once you start getting there, now it's just weird. But like I would assume he's talking about Machine Gun Kelly and I don't know. It's like, all right, so let's talk about this a little. Cause I said, dude, if we were going to get a big Machine Gun Kelly record, we'd already have it. Now I had said that when he was a rapper since I have said, well, I didn't know he was going to just like switch up and turn into post Malone 2.0. Like had I known he was going to do that, then instead of trying to be like the hardcore rapper, then I would have had a different opinion. I think he can be a decent Post Malone. I think he can absolutely be one of those. So this brings up these kind of conversations, who's selling out, who does what, who does this. I don't know why an artist is supposed to go broke trying to do something instead of getting a ton of money for something that they can do that is still creative. To me, again, people sometimes complain I make analogies too much to my own life, but I do it to try to drive home my point. And so allow me to do it again. I have traditionally worked at rock stations, right? That's where I've worked. Whether this company realizes by forcing me to work on my own and still do this kind of content, they're training me to work at different kind of radio stations. Whether they know that or not, maybe that's the plan. I don't know. They're never going to tell me because you won't be able to get my head to fit through the door. (laughs) But it would definitely be part of the possibility, I would imagine, right? So am I then, when Rock 106.9 is like, hey, we're kind of done with him. Am I supposed to go broke because there's not another rock station? Or if an AM station calls me and says, hey, man, uh, we think you can do this. Come do it. It's still in the same vein. You see what I'm saying? I don't understand. And I'm guilty of this. I I do this with people where I'm like, nah, this is this and this. Metallica is the big one. They've sold out. And I always tell people, like, no band grows up practicing in that awful garage or playing the acoustic guitar in their bedroom thinks about selling out Madison Square Garden because it, it means it leads to no money. Right? Like, everybody is trying to avoid the cubicle. They're trying to be successful in this. That's part of it. It's money. It's fame. It's it, It's all part of it. So like when when people like launch those accusations at people, I'm always like, well, what are we saying that they're doing their jobs?
0: Like, is that is that what we're saying? I think he knows who he is. Yeah, but, he's talking about Machine Gun Kelly. That's a pretty serious dig there. But that's an that's another story. Um, <laughs> I'm the worst and I hate everything. And people are used to that with me though. So it's
1: okay. Cause you know, yeah, I mean, you know, people always say that to me, you hate everything. And it's like, nah, dude, I like what I like. I just, I, I don't fawn over multiple things. I'll say that I don't necessarily do that. I'm kind of stuck in the new rock thing. I really am. I know it's out there. I know there are bands, right. And I know there are bands and let's be honest, as I defended my industry here a little bit, we have abandoned the new rock the radio format has done it. And I was early on this a few years ago. And I said, because dude, look at what's happening. Rock and roll is built on sex, drugs, carelessness, misogyny. It is. It's kind of built on that. It's kind of built on letting loose. It's not built on morality. Rock and roll is not built on, on what. Well, why does rap music work and rock doesn't? I don't know. That's an interesting question. It really is. It's, that's an interesting question. I think it's, I think it's young people don't necessarily have the same desire for, for a tip, for a, some, for the same sound. I, I, that, that's what it is. That's what it has to be, right? Cause dude, youth drives music. Youth drives cool. Everybody, like people listen down, like when it, like, and so I don't know if I think that's gotta be part of it, right? That they're just, and I also think the lack of a new movement. When's the last time something really new happened in rock and roll? It was Nirvana, wasn't it? You could talk a little corn maybe, but it fizzled so fast that I don't, sure, I'm not sure it really gets looked at that way because corn was like the best of what happened there and like everybody else kind of like fell short of it. Where, at least with Nirvana, it's like, well, Soundgarden kind of stood on their own, and Pearl Jam kind of stood on their own, and Alice in Chains might be the best out of all of them, really. I mean, there's debates there. There's conversations there. But as a guy who works in the music format, this music format, what's the last thing that came out rock and roll-wise that felt fresh, that felt new? Like I always talk about it. My buddy Jeremy played in me Nirvana for the first time. It was after we got done working at Mr. Hero. And we got my mom's Chevy celebrity, and he was like, dude, wait till you hear this. And he put a tape in, and he played me in Nirvana. I think it was Ble- something. He played me something from Nirvana, and I remember thinking to myself, oh, my God, nothing is going to be the same. Like, nothing, dude, in like a year, you won't be able to recognize anything. And sure enough, that's that's kind of what happened. I was like, dude, this is so, now I was younger, and maybe I was more willing to accept something new. That, that, and that does have something to do with it. But I can't put my finger on the last fresh movement in rock and roll. I can't tell you what it is.
0: The Stansberry Show. Why do you ask 106.9?
1: Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're at 710. You get a keyword. It's worth $1,000. We do it 12 times a day on Rock 106.9. I have your first opportunity at 710. Also, your second 810. 8 o'clock. We'll talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. All right. I uh, was talking Corey Taylor because he had said, I, I basically hates all new rock music, right? I said, well, what is the last great like rock like genre thing that happened. It was Nirvana, right? Like I said, what else would it be? And I said, well, maybe Corn. I said, but you know, they'd be like the best of what happened there. And that like kind of fizzled pretty quick. And you know, Twitter reminded me, um, <laughs> buddy, did you maybe forget about this band? <laughs> did you, did you maybe, did you maybe forget about, I don't know, the biggest rock band to hit the scene and a good stretch of time there. <laughs> And you know what? I, I kind of did, right? I mean, that, that's kind of me forgetting about this, right? All right, yeah, the new metal thing, right? And see, all right, I, I want to read this tweet because I, I think I've been framing new metal wrong in my mind. All right, because he says, "Well, look, dude, Lincoln Park, Limp Biscuit? Now, okay, remember once I told you guys the story how I was uh, I was hosting some bike night somewhere here in Canton, and this guy came out to me. This awesome dude came up to me. He's like, "Dude." Nirvana ain't rock and roll man, right? Because he just, but you know, to him it's like you know that guy. All he does is wine. Where's the plug in and play? Where's this, you know, and all that kind of thing. Although I don't know how you get any more plug in and play than Nirvana. They literally didn't know how to play. Um, <laughs> so like I don't, I don't know how you get any more than that. Um, but you know that was like his thing, right? Is that that it wasn't like aggressive and that's not rock to him? So like looking through this tweet, this is interesting because like Limp Biscuit, like is Limp Biscuit. Are they a rock band? Like, I don't... Like, this kind of sounds like it. I mean, that kind of sounds like it. This doesn't necessarily sound like that. Now, I love this song, and Rock Station's played it, and this one should play it more often than it does. That's just an opinion from me. But, like, are they a rock band? I don't know. Like That was the weird thing about new Metal, is it became hard to, like, really classify what people are disturbed was that new metal is that new metal i guess that's what yeah all right d snyder kind of talked about this like how like the terms of like uh, music scenes aren't really they're not compliments when they start what happens is, is then people pick them up they kind of wear them as a badge of honor and you kind of flip it because I think when people call Disturbed new metal, it's metal fans trashing Disturbed, right? That's, what, that's how that kind of happened, is metal fans, like, my honest-to-God metal fans think Disturbed is the same thing as Nickelback. Like, honest-to-God, like, by honest-to-God, like, Iron Maiden and, band, like, due to, like, Slayer and, like, bands, like you know what I mean? Like, bands like that, they look at me and go, Dude, Disturbed is Nickelback. It's the same band to them. So that's, I mean, Disturbed got lumped into new metal because people didn't like it, right? Like, or that, or or people are pretending not to like it. I don't necessarily hate them. I think they're good at what they do. I don't know if it's like real metal. I don't know. We get do we get hung up in genre? I'm like, but this is fine. I mean, what's, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> that's good. I don't. I mean, I I like Iron Maiden, but this is good. I'd play the hell out of this. I played the Living Hell out of that. What are you talking about? The song's really good. Now he also mentions, let me see here, what else did he put in here? Oh, dude, this this band is considered to be new metal? I didn't know that. Let me see. Do I have anything good from them? Like this band's new metal? The the I didn't know that. The the v- I I I guess v- Yeah, I guess by era the- Yeah, Drowning Pool was all right for their day. I really liked what's his name? I guess I didn't really like him <laughs> if I can't remember his name, but I did meet him like right before that happened. He OD'd and that was sad. I liked him. Um, okay. You know, somebody else is telling me what about this band? I, they're like, it's a radio rock band from the two thousands. And you have said a thousand times you love them. And I do, I would play the living crap out of this. All right. But yeah, man, like this came out when I was doing afternoons at like, I mean, do you're going back like 15 years on this, right? So again, we're not necessarily talking about stuff that came out like last week that's really good. So like, all right, yeah, the new metal thing I did, I kind of skated over that one. <laughs> I did. I kind of skated over that one pretty quickly. And I got to be honest, that was just me brain farting a little bit this morning. Lincoln Park, yeah, I feel comfortable saying that, that Lincoln Park is the biggest thing that happened to rock music in the last 15 years, 20 years. I mean, yeah, I I, I could see it. Um, I said when Chester died, I, I I don't go crazy over celebrity death, but I work at radio stations like this. And Linkin Park drove people back to radio stations that sound like this. They did. Like, there was a time where it was like, eh, kind of like, dude, they're playing Fleetwood Mac and Metallica. They don't know what the hell they want to be. And then like all of a sudden like that came out and it was like, oh, you know what? We can go be that for right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so like that. I mean, it did drive people back to this, so yeah. But I think that goes along with what Corey Taylor is saying. Cause let's not sit here and pretend Lincoln Park's new, it's not. In like another 10 years, I mean, guys, get ready for your walker. It's gonna be classic rock soon.
0: The Stansberry Show. I smell a nerd.
1: Come on, come on. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock1069 on Instagram for you, Dan.stansberry at Stansbury Show, both on Twitter and also the Facebook page as well. You know. As we were playing a little Van Halen there, I, I wasn't really planning on talking about this a whole lot this morning, but I did see two interesting Van Halen stories from over the weekend, one of which was Valerie Bertinelli, the uh, the ex-wife of Eddie Van Halen. I believe they were separated. <laughs> was like grieving the loss of the father of her kids, right? And I guess she's now saying people are grief-shaming her. And uh, look, I, I don't even know what that really would mean. Um, But do I know that it's happening? Yes. Um, People say some of the dumbest and meanest and heartless things ever on social media these days. Um, And people get mad at people like Valerie Bertinelli because they see these stories all the time at, like, Metal Injection or Blabbermouth. And what they don't understand is that Valerie Bertinelli is not the one who's saying this stuff every single day. What happens is is they do interviews with Blabbermouth. They do interviews with Metal Injection. And then those places know that if they put out all of it at the same time, they get one click. But if we just keep feeding you segments of the same interview for three, four months— See what I'm saying here? So then everybody gets mad at Valerie Bertinelli for like, you know, you're, you're just, you know, you're, you're, you're doing, I don't know, taking advantage of the situation or you're looking for sympathy for too long or whatever that is. I, I don't know. I I don't know how long an appropriate amount of time to grieve is or what the society thinks that is. I, um, I can tell you I'm still doing it almost 20 years later, occasionally, not every day, but occasionally you still grieve parts of it. So I, I, I'd be careful telling people when they got to have that wrapped up. Uh, Um, you know what I mean? Uh, Imagine telling somebody who actually was involved in Eddie Van Halen's life that you have more ownership to him than she does. Like, that's insane. Like, we're uh, like, honestly, we've lost our minds. Now, conversely, people are mad at the sun. Now Wolfgang Van Halen. Because, you know, he won't shut up about the dad, and he, you know, people think that, you know, he, he's just using it for PR. And again, he's doing multiple interviews, yes, but I think people didn't just feed out what's in these interviews over different times, and then you just see too much of Wolfgang Van Halen. Now you hate him, right? Um, he said, and I do think this is a little bit crazy, that Eddie Van Halen suffered from stage fright his entire life. Okay. We use words and we just say them now. Eddie Van Halen did not have stage fright his entire life. I don't buy that. I don't believe you could be Eddie Van Halen and have stage fright your entire life. People ask me this all the time. It's a completely different job than Eddie Van Halen's. I understand it, but it is performance based and it is live, much like a concert, right? Do you still get nervous every single day? But it's an appreciation of what it is I'm about to do. If you're not a little nervous every single day, you have taken this for granted. So does Eddie right before the show get a little butterflies in the stomach like, oh, okay, we're getting ready to do this. Yes. Stage fright is crippling. I can't go out there and do that. We, we, I say this a lot about one of the other words that I believe gets used too often in society. You don't know where your car keys are, and I don't think that's the same thing as anxiety. I don't, and so I think that's, we, we overuse terms, and I think every, there's a rush now to, to, to show everybody that everybody struggles. Like somebody said this to me the other day. They said, dude, one of the reasons I really like your show is you're so honest about what goes on with you. It's nice to hear that other people go through stuff. And I always, I'm, and I understand that is part of what people like about it. I'm, and I'm always just kind of surprised because it's like, well, yeah. Like, I mean, like, well, uh, of course, I, I know we can kind of forget that. So I think Eddie can have a little appreciation of, you know what, dude, there's 20,000 people out there and they want to hear Panama. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so like, dude, like, strap in here, dude, and make sure we're ready to have Panama going. And did, do rock stars drink and do drugs because it's a little scary to go out there? Yeah, but I don't think you can have stage fright your entire career and turn out to be Eddie Van Halen. I don't buy that. I I, I don't. I think you can get a little nervous. And that maybe through a routine, like there's basketball players that throw up before every game or whatever, I don't think that's stage fright because, dude, they go out there and then knock down 60. It's just you fall into your routine. You fall into the routine there. I'm not sure that's the same thing as stage fright. I was like, "Ah, I'm not sure you can be Eddie Van Halen. And have that. I'm not sure you're jumping off, you know, eight-foot-high Marshall stacks and doing the splits with a guitar in your hand if stage fright is part of your life. I think we're getting a little carried away with the English language there. All right. Everybody wants to land J.J. Watt. Everybody. And J.J. Watt himself said, somebody said, dude, do you want to sign somewhere or not? And this was, I guess, over social media. And JJ said, look, dude, I scroll through DoorDash for an hour before I pick a restaurant. And then an interesting analogy, because we all do that, right? He's like, I scroll through there for an hour before I pick a restaurant. If you don't think I'm going to take my time to decide where I want to finish my career, you're crazy. I'm paraphrasing that last part a little bit, but that's pretty much what he said. But everybody wants to sign J.J. Watt, myself included. I would like to see him on the sideline as a Cleveland Brown. I think it helps, and I think, honestly, it helps sell your team that you're all in on getting them a ring, and I want dudes less likely to be like, dude, give me the hell out of here because they're not committed, right? That's kind of been my take on this. I guess newly crowned WWE champion, The Miz, who was a Northeast Ohio boy made good there, made an impassioned plea to get J.J. Watt signing with the Cleveland Browns. Take a listen to this. You
0: want to win a Super Bowl? You want a team with a mini winning mentality? Are you sick and tired of losing and losing upon losing? Do you want a city that is behind you 100%? You did a wonders, amazing things for the Houston Texans, for the city of Houston. He did.
1: J.J. Watt did some really impressive things. He has done some really impressive things. He seems like he understands that public eye jobs come with an expectation that you just don't get after the quarterback, that you also then get after the problems in your community. It is the expectation now, and J.J. seemed to understand that, picked that up, and carried it his entire time in Houston. He did.
0: You've done so many charities. I've watched you raise money for this city. You know what other city would love to have you that would embrace everything that J.J. Watt has? As and not only that, you need to go against your brother and beat your brother down twice a year. I said, right? Everybody keeps telling
1: me how they want to all play together. I, why? Why? I have a brother. I talked to him last night for an hour on the phone. he's a dick. <laughs> to this day he's a dick. I want to beat him. As a matter of fact, I told him this. I was like, dude I was like I want to beat I was like I've been talking about this about how I would never want to play with you. I want to beat you. You know what my brother said to me last night? How bad does it suck to know you never will? <laughs> like that's I mean, dude, that's bro though. That's brothers. I want to get the best of this. That way at Thanksgiving I can tell TJ and all them approved. I'm
0: the WAP brother that matters, buddy. How much can we offer you? Whatever you need, we got it. We got the money, we got the draft picks, we got everything that you need that Cleveland needs to win a Super Bowl. Come- well, the I mean they
1: released him, right? So Picks aren't part of the deal. I'm not going to jump up and down on the Miz. I know he's in character and he's just doing his thing. But do I have this right? They released JJ. So I don't think picks need to be part of the compensation. It just now comes about whether or not you're willing to pay him. I believe I have
0: that right. Come to Cleveland, JJ Watt, and you two will be awesome. And
1: is that part of the Miz's thing? Is this his thing? Is he awesome or something? Is there? Is there's, He drove this point home. I was like, this must be some wrestling thing. I don't know. Say
0: what, and you two will be awesome.
1: Yeah, that must be part of his shtick or his gimmick that I just don't know about.
0: And have a Super Bowl ring. All
1: right. You know, that's, that whole guarantee of that Super Bowl ring thing, man. Like, isn't it amazing? Cleveland Browns fans, like, it went from, I mean, it took... One playoff game win. One. From woe is me. They'll never get it right. Here we go again. I'm not falling forward again. Blah, blah, blah. To now automatically they are Super Bowl contenders. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing to me. And what amazes me about it is this. The amount of teams who were, who people have told, Oh yeah, no, uh, next year, just wait. Who completely fall off the face of the map is a lot. Do I think that happens? No. But the history is still very much stacked on the side of mm, <laughs> let's see what happens here versus you're guaranteed. I mean the AFC got tougher again. Carson Wentz is in the AFC now. He's a bum. Okay, we'll see. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Right? Mahomes is still there. Granted, in your division, Burrow's probably better than Baker long term, but he doesn't have the roster right now. Granted, Big Ben, who the hell knows? And if Dwayne Haskins is your safety boat, seriously, guys, good luck. Have fun with that. Lamar gonna be Lamar. Ravens are gonna play defense and you know, pretty much just try to you know run the football on you. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So, so division wise, okay, all right, I like your chances. I do. I like your chances. I think Baltimore's going to be tougher than people want to admit, but okay, fine. I, I mean, I like your chances there. But like this guarantee thing. Notice everybody's leaving the NFC now. <laughs> Everybody, if I'm JJ Watt, the Packers are the deal for me. I get an all timer in Aaron Rodgers. The defense is the part of the ball that needs to be fixed. If I come there, I'm the link that gave Rodgers another ring if you can get that done. And when it comes playoff time, I know what everybody's going to say to me right now. Tom Brady. Okay, but one, the gauntlet of quarterbacks in the AFC is massive. It's massive. It's where all this it's like the reverse of the NBA. The West Coast forever is like, oh, wait till LeBron goes to the West. Well he did, and then everybody just hightailed it out of there and then started moving east. Because they were like, oh, I'm the king over here now. We might want to go ahead over here now. <laughs> right? Like that's I mean, that's I mean you're watching it happen. And so if I if I'm JJ Watt, it's like, well, dude, if i wanna win playoff if I want to be in games that matter and I want to win playoff games, then Send me to the NFC right now, and I think I'm taking the Packers and Aaron Rodgers if I'm him. Here's your shot at a $1,000 keyword right now.
0: The Stansberry Show. I'm too unhappy. Welcome to being an adult 6'9".
1: Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. 810 this morning. Second keyword of the day worth 1000 bucks. Somebody let me know, and I bet he's right about it, that when the Miz was talking about the uh, Browns having the draft picks, it's not about the compensation to get him. It's about, dude, we have draft picks. We can draft some players. We're going to be able to make this thing better, making the roster that much better. Yeah, you're right about that one. I bet I would just miss that one. Like I said, I'm not jumping up and down on him. I don't think picks need to be part of that situation necessarily to acquire him. But yes, moving forward, is he going to want to know what the draft capital looks like and what you may be thinking about doing with said picks to help him decide where he wants to go? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Just kind of missed that one. Um coming up a little later in the program, around 9.30, we're going to talk about this commercial that has everybody up in their fields. It's Cadbury Eggs and it's hilarious because again, I posted it at the Facebook page at Stan'sbury Show. You can go watch it early if you feel like it. And there's already like a handful of people who are like, "Who cares? Who wants to see this crap?" Blah blah. Nobody cares. And it's like, well, but you do care. Like everybody's going to tell me how they don't care, and I guarantee you, by the end of today, this will be one of the most click things I have. I, I just I'll guarantee it. And so we're going to talk about that. We'll talk about the commercial. We'll talk about all that kind of stuff coming up nine thirty. All right. Bill Gates said something the other day that made people freak out just a little bit. All right. So I want to look at what Bill Gates actually said. He was talking about food consumption and was talking about like the beef industry and how we can avoid, you know, the next pandemic, how we can avoid the next maybe natural disaster um, and, and, and things like that. And so the question asked of Bill Gates was this, do you think plant-based and lab-grown meats could be the full solution to the protein problem globally, even in poor nations? Or do you think it's going to be some fraction because of the things you're talking about, the cultural love of a hamburger, and let's not kid ourselves, we do have that, and the way livestock is so central to economies around the world, right? He said, you know, he's like, you know, do you think synthetic beef is going to be the be-all, end-all of this? Here's what Bill Gates said. For Africa and other poor countries, will have to use animal genetics to dramatically raise the amount of beef per emissions for them. Weirdly, he says, the United States livestock, because they're so productive, the emissions per pound of beef are dramatically less than the emissions per pound in Africa. And as part of the foundation's work, we're taking the benefit of the Afri- uh, I'm sorry of the African livestock, which means they can survive in heat and crossing in the monstrous uh, you know uh, productivity, both on the meat side and the milk side of the elite US beef lines. So no, I don't think the poorest 80 countries will be eating synthetic meat. I do think all rich countries should move to 100% synthetic beef. You can get used to the taste difference and the claim is they're going to make it taste even better over time. Eventually, that green premium is modest enough that you can sort of change the behavior of people or use regulation to totally shift the demand, meaning even if they don't want to do it, we'll just change the law and make them want to do it. That's what that means. Use regulations to totally shift the demand is, oh, yeah, I'm just going to change the laws. I have enough money. I have enough power. I'm just going to do that. You can you can stack them words up any which way you want, but that's what he just said, right? That's To continue his quote. So for meat in the middle income and above countries, I do think it's possible, but it's one of those ones where you have to track it every year and see, and the politics are changing on it. There are all these bills that say it's going to be called basically lab garbage to be sold. They don't want us to use the beef label, meaning that they don't want it. If it's going to be synthetic, they don't want the word beef anywhere near it. And if I was the beef industry, I don't think I would either. So, a lot of people have sent me this, and a lot of people have been like, dude, where, what's your take on this, right? All right. I, there are just certain things I expect to see happen in my lifetime. And this is one of them. I don't necessarily want it, but I do believe the way we have conversations now and the way we use check. Checkmate phrases now that put people who are in opposition of something as like those checkmate phrases kind of make you sound like you're the worst person in the world and it makes it harder to argue against the thing you don't like, which is exactly why people like checkmate phrases is because it does absolutely shut down intelligent conversation from the other side. Not always, but it can. I suspect this is what I suspect. And I've said this before about synthetic beef. I think you're already eating it. I think you've been eating it forever. I've been curious how 99 cent cheeseburgers or two for a dollar thing could ever have been a thing. I've been curious. I understand. Ah, the more you buy of something you buy in bulk, price come down, eh, blah, blah. It's loss leaders. And you're right about some of that. And I get loss leaders. I understand. For those of you that don't know what a loss leader is, essentially is you put something really cheap on sale, hoping that people come in because of that and then buy something else, which where your profit margins are better on. That's what a loss leader is, right? And so, and I get it. Right? I get it. I'm, I'm in the advertising business. If you don't think I know about loss leaders, you're insane. <laughs> like, literally, it's my job sometimes to push them. I understand what that means. Right? But I also think have you ever eaten some of that stuff and then bought like really good beef at home and made a hamburger? It doesn't taste anything the same at all. I think we've been eating a lot of synthetic type food for a long time and the and companies just went, shh, dude, don't tell them because they'll freak out. Well, Won't they be able to tell? No, it's cheap. Dude, they don't have any money. Like, if, dude, if it's two for a buck, they're going to buy it because they're poor. Bro, they don't have any money. Do do, do you see the argument? The argument is literally they're arguing for $15 an hour so they can pay their rent. You think they're going to sit here and and think about what it is we're feeding them? No, they don't have to do. They got too many problems. They can't stop and think about that. I think there's been a lot of that. I think there's been a lot of it, and I think sooner or later we could wake up to this. Oh, yeah, by the way, we've been doing that for a while now, and now that you won't care, guess what (laughs) we're willing to tell you now. I do. I think that's happened a lot. I think they've experimented with a lot of different kind of stuff. I eat a lot of what you guys would consider to be fake food. I've talked about this, right? One of the things I try to avoid is noodles, right? Because it's just bad. It's just bad. It just sits like lead in the gut. But I love pasta, so I eat pasta that's made out of lentils. I mean, that's essentially, to me, it tastes no different now. Like, I make that stuff, and to me, it tastes, it t- it tastes really good. Like, I look forward to eating it, because I'm like, yeah, man, that's going to be really good. I like those, right? Now, if I fed it to you the first time, you're going to be like, what is that? What's the consistency? And that's strange. And why is it? Like, but once you start doing it, you're fine. What I like about beef isn't that it's a cow. This is the point I'm driving to. What I like about a hamburger isn't necessarily that it was a living thing. That's not what I like about it. It's not like I'm like, yeah, slaughter it and then make a burger out of it. That's not what I like about it. What I like about a burger is that it's delicious. <laughs> so if you find a way to make something that I don't necessarily love delicious, then could you get people to eat that? Yeah. I was talking to my buddy about this last week. As a matter of fact, we were hanging out and I said, dude, you, you know, you kind of get down with some of that stuff. He's like, dude, I love burgers. It's like, but I'll eat the impossible Whopper too. He's like, tastes good. I've never had one of those, so I can't speak on it. But like, I've had enough soy burgers in line at lunch at school. Like I've had enough of that. Like, I I mean, so like, and so have you, by the way. (laughs) So like, I'm not sure why everybody now, if you're in the beef industry, if you're in the farming industry, if you're in that kind of stuff, you're like, dude, that's going to be bad for me and bad for the money and bad. Then I understand those objections. Those I totally get. And notice I haven't even opened up those arguments because it's like, ah, I'll read more about that before I weigh in. But if you're just, if I'm just going to weigh in on the taste of things, that's why we like stuff is because of the taste of it. That's why America's fat. It's because we don't care what's in it. We care how it tastes. If we cared what was in it, you'd all be 90 pounds. <laughs> but, but, but we care about how stuff tastes. So if they get it to taste right, aren't you going to do it? I eat so much turkey substitute. Like I haven't had sausage in forever. I eat turkey sausage. I haven't had a brat in forever. I buy turkey brats. I, you know what I mean. Like that's I, I do that. It's a little leaner. Still meat. Still an animal. Still that. Yes, fine. But it's a little leaner. And so I, you know, I've shifted. So my taste buds have already shifted enough. And let's be honest. You've all eaten at places where you know, where you just know, this isn't beef. This isn't this. What could this possibly be so i think the headline of this and it's bill gates and he's the one that made you wear masks and he wants to microchip you with the thing and so like everybody's gonna freak out about what he said here but at the end of the day if they make it taste good you're going to eat it i i i I, I, we don't care what's in stuff if we did like i said everybody would be 90 pounds welcome back to the sandsbury show give you a keyword worth $1,000 after we talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Get his take on J.J. Watt. A few other things happening in the sports world. Find out what Scott thinks coming up at 8. You know, uh, a couple of people asked me this this morning, and I gotta be honest, I wasn't necessarily really planning on getting into it, but, you know, it's a pretty big story, I guess. Uh, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, I guess, Kim filed for divorce, and people asked me what I think about this. I was like, yeah, I, I mean, I thought we could see this one coming for a while now. Um, I think Kim is starting and has been over like the last few years, even trying to transform her brand. And trying to at least, and what I mean by that is at least make people understand that, yeah, I want to sell purses, and yeah, I want to sell makeup and all this, but but I am serious about some issues over here, too. And I think she's been trying to do that for a while, and I'm not sure standing next to Kanye West makes that easier for her. As a matter of fact, I would bet it does the opposite there. And... I think she got what she was looking for out of Kanye, which is a little bit more revelance there. Cause he was still pretty like white hot. Like when they got together there, right. A little bit more revelance there. Um, uh, she got her kids out of the deal. Right. And now it's, you know, he's kind of crazy and he's kind of doing this and I don't know. And, and all that. And now it's time to get out, you know, and, and, and walk away from it. I think it's a lot of times that's what celebrity relationships are. I, I, I would find that very hard. I don't, Understand. That's why when you see celebrity relationships and they really work out, um, it feels as if, well, first of all, I think we need to be honest about celebrity marriages, right? Like people say, oh, well, some of them work, and it's like, well, like everybody points to Tom Hanks, and it's like, well, yeah, when his wife decided, like, fine, I'll just give up my career and I'll be Mrs. Hanks. I mean, that's essentially what happened there, right? John Travolta's wife. Like, Now, maybe it was just like, ah, uh, the business just kind of got done with them, and Tom and John are just bigger stars, but it had very much felt like those women fe- were like, you know what? No, I'm going to put more of my interest and more of my energy over here. So the point being, if if you're both trying to be the biggest star in the world, that, could that be difficult to navigate inside of a relationship? Yeah, I would imagine it would be. I I, I I so I'm not necessarily shocked that those two have decided, or one of them decided for the two of them that they're uh, that they're going to be done there. I um I think by the way, if you go back to what the headlines were when they got together. And I'm sure we could, right? It would be very, I'm guessing people were saying things like, give it a year, right? I'm guessing the Kimye thing (laughs) lasted longer than the average person gave it credit to be able to last, right? I mean, I I think they got a halfway decent amount of time out of that. And I definitely think by celebrity relationship standards, they probably got a halfway decent amount of time on it. It's going to be interesting to start to hear the the stories that leak out afterwards, because let's be honest, Kanye is a musical genius. He is. But a lot of times what happens with that, and I know a lot of people just eye rolled me, but that's fine. Um, but he, I do believe he is a musical genius. And, um, and I think he knows how to do stuff in that, in that world. Musically. Um, but a lot of people are geniuses in what they do, but then extreme troublemakers are hard to handle or hard, you know what I mean? Difficult to deal with in every other aspect of their lives outside of what it is they do. And because they're so much a genius in what it is they do, they can convince themselves that they're a genius in everything. And I think Kanye's definitely shown us he's been guilty of that occasionally. That would also be difficult to stand next to if you were Kim Kardashian right like that would also be be hard to be dealing with so it's going to be interesting to hear what it was the straw that broke the camel's back i mean there was the make america great again thing he was doing for a while there was the trump stuff although she buddied up with him too to get people released from prison and all that you know she took plenty of heat for it she did she took plenty of heat for that um but it's going to be interesting because you know people have said kanye might be suffering from some from some issues right and it's going to be interesting to hear what was going on in that house and let's not pretend that we all don't get a little excited when we get to sift through somebody else's dirt because you know what that means don't you it's just a few minutes we don't have to worry about the fact that our lives are a disaster as well welcome back to the stands Show. about to pass on another keyword worth one thousand dollars do that here momentarily. You text it in. Put a $1,000 in your pocket. Studios reachable, one 800 We do it every single Monday, 8 o'clock. We talk to my buddy, Scott, from WaitingForNextYear.com. Find him at the site, WaitingForNextYear.com. And you can also find him at Scott via Twitter. How are you this morning, my man?
2: doing all right, man. I can't believe it's the end of February here. And, but, you know, it's... You know, pitchers, catchers are reporting, and it's 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 heading into spring, so I, I can't I can't complete too much.
1: Almost golf season, buddy. That's what your boy heard. In it, is, I, it is, did it, it is. Does. I
2: see those new clubs are flaunting that line with your humble humble brag.
1: Yeah, my little humble brag. I uh, by the way, I'm going back today and getting the three wood today. So, like, I'm not done yet, buddy. It's uh, I. There you I'm, go. I'm the living embodiment of. Uh, if I spend a lot of money, maybe I'll get better, right? I am the living embodiment.
2: <laughs> it's an um, investment
1: of that. I want to start with some hoops here. Um, the Cavs were fun. They were a cool story, and now all of a sudden it's a pretty serious slide. I think it was like ten in a row or something like that. And we got Andre Drummond drama. You got uh I forget his name now. Um uh the guy from the Warriors. Help me out here. The uh Draymond. Draymond was like, you know, we gotta clean up how we do this. Guys are sitting at the end of the bench in street clothes, not finding out they're traded or you know, or on the block until you know the game's going on. What what the hell is going on with the Cavs? Are they handling Drummond White?
2: Well, the, the the second part is it's a loaded question, is right? For, is, is a bit up for debate, right? Um, if 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 the desire is, to, I mean, listen. So they they look good with Drummond, right? You know, they, he was playing out of his mind. Stuff in the stat sheet. Um, you know, they they were moving the ball, playing really good defense, uh... being a but. You know, but, the, but the kind of devil in the detail there was that the, the schedule was light. You know, out, now don't get me wrong. They had the two wins against Brooklyn, which were huge. Um, but, you know, they were kind of, you know, playing, you know, well against a, a lighter lighter schedule, at, largely at home. Um, you know, February came, tougher schedule, uh, on the road, and then you had the, the, the whole Jared Allen Drummond thing. And the, the, the situation is that Jared Allen is going to be, you know, he's probably going to be the next big contract for, for this team as they, you know, invest in the 24-year-old over the 27-year-old. And you know you know, clearly plays the same position as Andre Drummond, who picked up his player option as 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 one should when it's twenty eight million dollars yeah and yeah, if, yeah. yeah and, and, and and now you know the, the 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 issue is what do you what do you do with him um you know and you know clearly it's it's it seems his behaviors uh you know in in games and during practice has not been one that has been you know, what you would call leadership quality. Um, you know, so I think their their plan is to just kind of hold on to him. Um, you know, they showcased him already this you know in the season and we'll see what uh what what, uh, what they can get for him. But the, you know the the thing is with NBA you have to take on the salary. So money, right. you know it, it usually the Cavs are in the you know, when they acquired Drummond, um, you know, that was the move they took on the salary, they got the draft picks for doing so. Um, now trying to move the salary is going to be very, very interesting. So, you know, there's, there's a handful of teams that could use a big man. Um, and Andre, you know, again, he's only, he's only 27, which is crazy because I feel like he's been in the league for a long time. Um, but, you know, that was, it was, it was a Dion waiters draft for, for Cavs fans who want a, a point of reference there. But it was, uh, you know, it's, it's just, he's not a part of the future and the Cavs just got to figure out where he can go and what they can get for him.
1: You know, keeping with the hoops, um, Big Ten basketball looking pretty good right now. I know Ohio State lost the other day to Michigan, and nobody ever likes when that happens. But dude, the Big Ten's kind of legit in basketball, right?
2: Well, you know, kind of one of the under-discussed things heading into last year, before they blew up the whole um, the whole thing pre- with with COVID, was you know somewhere around maybe 10, 11 teams from the Big Ten were going to make the sixty-four team bracket. Um, because of how, how, how good the, the, the conference was top to bottom. Um, now you have, you have about half the conference in the top 15 right now in, in the NC, in the NCAA and, and three and,
0: three and four
2: were, were Ohio, were Ohio State Michigan. Um, and, you know, clearly to your point, there was a, you know, regular season game that, you know, didn't go Ohio State's way, but, both of those teams, you know, pr- you know, come seeding time, could be staring at at number one, if not number two, seats for, for the bracket, which is which is kind of crazy. When you know, you, you you don't really get a lot of fanfare around college basketball pre, tournament time, you know. Yeah. But you, you know, people outside of the hard course, you know, like like you know, like a guy like Zach Jackson is, you know, watching college basketball all the time. Where you know, I think the the, the normal, <laughs> all apologies to Zach, normal fans. Are waiting till they can, you know, throw office money on it with, you know, with the lady in HR, right? So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a bit different. But you know, Ohio State is—I I couldn't tell you two players on the team, but they're—they're they're one of the best five, you know, programs in the country right now.
1: I'm uh, I'm gonna keep with hoops here for a second because I saw something at your guys' Facebook page. Uh, waiting for next year. dot com is the site, but you guys obviously have a Facebook page as well. People can search for that. And I saw one of your writers was all up in arms over something Skip Bayless said. It was like, dude, LeBron's not clutch. Apparently, LeBron found somebody else to shoot a three-pointer at the end of the game. And Skip was like, look, everybody's talking about how LeBron can shoot threes now, but his percentage is this. He's not great. And he's always looking for players. And I saw your take on this was like, dude, seriously, we're in almost year 20, and we're still having the conversation about whether or not this guy is clutch. LeBron is clutch,
2: right? Yeah, I mean, but they... I don't know if you saw the play Skip's referring to, but um, it was, well, and LeBron was double teamed at the, at the logo. Yeah. There you, um, go. yeah you know there what you mean? Go. <laughs> I mean? <there> <laughs> with, go, right? with, four, with four and a half seconds left. So there wasn't enough time to pass out and then get open for a three. Like okay. you had to, you had to find, you had to find the open guy to give your team a shot to even to win. And he found the open guy and gave him a shot, a shot, the team to win. That guy just didn't hit the shot. Right. I mean like that's, you, you know, the, you know, again, you know, yes, clutch players, you know, make shots, but clutch plays are also finding that open guy, you know, Winning holding game, the ball right. and, and running and running the clock out is the opposite of clutch. So, you know, there's, there's clutch passes as well. So, you know, but it's, that's just a, 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 a to your point, a 20 year running skip Bayless trope that he has to toss out there every time the Lakers this lose still a game has
1: to be true. Right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. The big story around here is JJ Watt. Now I don't know if you saw this, but somebody asked J.J. Watt over, I think it was Twitter, yo, man, when are you going to make a decision here? I'm paraphrasing a little, and J.J. responded and said, dude, I scroll DoorDash for an hour before I decide what I'm ordering. If you don't think I'm going to take my time on where I'm finishing my career, you're nuts. Right? And I know you're a big wrestling fan. Shout out to The Miz. The Miz made like an impassioned you know, um, plea for J.J. Watt to sign with the Cleveland Browns. I guess my first natural question for you, Scott, again, Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Find him on Twitter, at WFNYScott. Is JJ Watt going to be a Cleveland Brown?
2: First, it is heavyweight champion of the world, Ms. To you, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Stansberry, it, as knew. he won Please. elimination I chamber knew. last I night. I knew. Um, <laughs> he and Stipe are two heavyweight champions of that. the world in that. their in their in their Fight in their respective the sports.
1: Um,
2: that You know, no, that's that. Said, I I think we we as fans want things to happen yesterday, right? Yeah. I, and. The, I, the the cool takeaway there though is the i think the the quote about finishing his career somewhere right i think this isn't you know if if he does come to cleveland you know it sounds like his hope would be to you know to play until until either he the wheels fall off or he thinks it's time right and not not be here for a year go somewhere else and that kind of thing so um you know i don't know if he's coming here by any means um I see lots of per sources people on Twitter these days who seem to know a lot more than I do, but i uh i it would be cool if you could have him on the other end of you know cross for miles I mean he spent his whole career having to be the guy I think you we get a chance to see one less attention probably means he has a, a higher probability of staying healthy, which is great a good point. um Fair but point. Yeah. you know but 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 you know when you're when you're getting chipped by a you know Two offensive linemen, or and or a tight end, every time you know you have to you have to kind of fight through that. Where if you're on the other side, because Miles is getting the attention, or or we get an interior push with the Browns' defensive interior line, um, I think you, you will we'll get to see a bit of a different a different J.J. Watt. And the Browns do a really good job of rotating out their their pass rushers, so you know it's, it's not like they're going to make him play snaps a game. So I mean, it's a really compelling argument for him to come here. Um, you know, if you you know he wants to be a, he wants to play for a winner, but you know, Green Bay, Green Bay is also a winner. Green Bay also has a really good pass rush with Darius Smith and a couple others. And um,
0: Aaron you Rogers. know, so it, it would no, it, 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 it would
2: make sense for him, it would make sense for him to go there too. So I'm not going to make it sit, sit here and make it sound like Cleveland is the destination, but right. it, it would be it would be a it would be a good fit. All right, let me ask you this question:
1: JJ J. Watt. Let me ask you, not JJ Watt, you Scott. And again, Scott can be found on Twitter at wfnyscott. Would you rather play with your brothers, or do you want to beat your brother? (sighs)
2: Stop. Right. It's a good point. Stop. Yeah. That's a that's a good point.
1: I asked my you brother. Know. I said to my brother last night, I was like, "Dude, I'd rather beat you than play with you." And my brother, this is brothers right here. He says, "How bad does it suck to know you never
2: will?" Well, I think you have a better insight to because you have a brother, right? Yeah. Um, I I, get, I I probably if I'd I was I, I don't I don't I have two sisters, so okay. Um, well, don't, I, I, yeah. I don't have the same point of reference, but probably would would want to go against them as well. Exactly. I think that would be that would be that would be pretty cool, especially the competitiveness. There's never a head-to-head there, right? Yeah. You're 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 never on the field at the same time, so oh, it's just call. kind of you know one one upsmanship back and forth, which you know kind of look like a little volley, right? I think that'd be kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I uh, I I could see it both ways, but I'd rather beat my brother, and I think that just gives everybody a little insight of what growing up with my brother was like. If 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 at forty five, I'm still like, dude, I got to beat this dude at something, man. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I think it just goes <laughs> to show you what our situation was like. That's Scott from Winning for Next Year. Check out the site every day, Next Scott can be found on Twitter at WFNYC. Scott, and you can find him next Monday, 8 o'clock on the Stands Ray Show. Buddy, have a great week. Thanks for joining us.
2: You too, man. Talk to you soon. 1069.
1: Welcome back to the Stans Ray Show on Rock 106.9. 1010 this morning. Another keyword worth a thousand bucks. Teresa will get you hooked up with that. Also, I'm going to end the program this morning around 945 ish, right around there. And I'm going to admit something that I don't like. I did something on Friday that I always preach to people that they should not do. And I've talked about this. I said, dude, I used to be one of these guys. I don't do this anymore. And I fell flat on it. I fell down on that on Friday afternoon. And I have not let myself off the hook for it since. It's been sticking with me. I feel terrible about it. And so I'm going to air it out to end the program a little later today. This thing that I tell everybody they should never do. And I did it Friday. It's not drinking and driving, by the way. It's not that. I know I tell people not to do that, too, but it is not that. Uh, But I did do something I'm not very proud of. And uh, I'll admit it to end the program a little later this morning. All right. I got it. Excuse me. I have some questions about COVID. All right. And they're legit questions. First. I will need people in retail to tell me the answer to this question. I don't know it. I was once upon a time told that there was a stretch of time during the pandemic in which if you went into a retail outlet to buy clothing, that you would not be permitted to try said clothing on. I'm meeting somebody over in the building area today for lunch for a meeting, and then I thought, you know what? Actually, I kind of need to get a a jump on some shopping. I need a couple of more pairs of jeans, and I started thinking about, you know, heading over there after that, and I was like, ah, a little bit more retail therapy wouldn't be the worst idea in the world for me right now. Right now, get some clothes, get ready for summer here, you know, as the months are coming up, probably buy some golf stuff and things like that, but I want to be trying some stuff on. And before I just go over there and walk through the mall and then just get angry about not being able to do it, I guess if somebody was able to let me know, and again, the studio is reachable, 1-800-243-7625. You can also obviously write in at Stansbury Show on Facebook. I'm reachable on Instagram, Dan.Stansbury. But I I do want to know the answer to that question. I'd be interested to know that because I do want to try some stuff on. Keeping with that and with COVID, I do have this hypothetical question. If the news stopped today talking about COVID and masks, I'd be interested to see the amount of people who stopped doing it. Because I think that number would be a lot. I think it would be a huge number. I really do. I feel as if people kind of feel like, oh yeah, and that's still kind of going on. I feel like the the temperature of the country has moved off of most serious thing in the world. I do. I don't know if I'm right about that. I'm telling you how I feel about the uh, about what I'm seeing from other people. I'm not saying it as a fact. I'm telling you what I think I'm seeing, which is I think I'm seeing the cooling down of needing to take this as seriously as we once did. I'd be curious if we stopped talking about it, who would still be taking part in what they're seeing and what they're doing right now. My guess is it would not be as many of you as it currently is. It's just a suspicion there. Now, I did see this in line with COVID. Yes, Fauci says, look, we're wearing masks probably until 2022. He said it. Not shocked by that, as we're already damn near done with February of 2021. And I told everybody, if you think 2021 is going to be that much better than 20, I think you're misguided. But he said, yeah, get ready for that. Now, he also then said that by the end of this year, you will see more of what you consider to be normal. That's a little bit of a uh, paraphrase there. But he said, you know, by the end of this year, a little bit more normalcy would be with us. But he does believe masks will be part of our lives into 2022. Okay. Um, Yeah, I'm not surprised that that's what he's saying right now. I'm, I'm not surprised by that. But I did see this. Six Flags says, Our plans are to open all of our amusement parks for the 2021 season. Let's take a look here. Fox 12 Oregon's where I'm pulling this from. Six Flags Entertainment Corporation says it's planning to open all 26 of the amusement parks and water and water parks. That part's interesting to me for the 2021 season, including five that were not able to operate last year because of the coronavirus pandemic. It says they're working with the scientists to develop a reopening plan that meets or exceeds the federal, state and local guidelines for sanitation, hygiene and social distancing protocols. So my guess here is we're going to talk about capacities. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk. By the way, NCAA men's tournament, they already said, oh, yeah, fans at the final four, it's happening. 25, uh, 25% capacities. Now, I was told that was okay for football because you play outside and there's 60,000 seat venues and blah, blah, blah. Now, all of a sudden, in basketball gyms, we're going to be at 25% capacities. You see what I'm saying? We're inching and inching and inching and inching. And then next thing you know, hey, what happened to? Like, there's, there's a little bit of that that's happening here. Six Flags says, oh, yeah, we're going to limit the number of people in our parks and guests will have to make reservations before their visits. Masks are, in fact, going to be required for all workers and guests, and they'll also have past temperature checks. You'll have to pass a temperature check while coming through the door. I've had to do that here at a couple of different restaurants here in town. Um, I didn't necessarily find it. To be all that intrusive with the temperature check as a matter of fact i viewed it as a little bit of a benefit for me of okay well if my temperature's hot then maybe now i know i should maybe schedule and go see somebody i kind of looked at it as like okay no harm no foul much like yeah give blood nobody called and told me i had aids we're all right <laughs> right like there's a little bit of and, and now i know that's not right <laughs> understand me okay i i i and i'm not saying that's the way you should go about stuff but it was it was a little bit like all right it must be all right right So they're also taking steps to encourage social distancing on rides, in lines, and seating areas and other areas around the park. They're also hiring thousands of workers to operate the rides, restaurants, and other attractions at its parks in the United States, Mexico, and Canada. Our guests and team members are ready for the return of fun and signature Six Flags thrills in 2021. Okay. What is... When did, when did people who want this stuff to be open, ready for it to return? When did that become the benchmark to, to open it? You don't think people in New York have been ready for the Arts District to open? I know they are because they're doing ridiculous dancing out in the middle of the street videos and telling you about how important New York's art system is. Look at them, they're dancing in the street. We're moving forward. We're dancing in the street. We're moving People's thirst for stuff that's been open has been uh, here forever. Since when has that been the benchmark to reopen stuff? Since when? (laughs) What are we talking about here? This is insane. Right? And again, I don't care. I want you to understand that. I don't really care. I don't. I don't care. I have very little human connection. Very little. You know, I got my family in Vegas, out of sight, out of mind. I mean, really, at the end of the day, like, I don't care if stuff opens or not. I really don't. Other than the fact that I need money and I need advertising to be, you know, picked up heavier and this and that, I care on that level. But I'm not the kind of person who's going to shame Six Flags for opening. But again, I'm going to drive this point home. Why is everything flying in the face of every... Why is everything we do flying in the face of everything we say? Seriously. Seriously. Could there be anything less essential than an amusement park? Well, you know, distractions are good, and people are good, and vacations are good. Yeah, under that, guys, that you're right. Right? That a little feel-good, a little relaxed, a little hands-up. Woo! The demon dropper, whatever the hell it is you're going to ride, fine. Yeah, under those guys, yes, 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 yes. I'll give you that. But come on. Come on. I mean, I just don't understand this. I don't understand. So... Who's the park opening for? It's for the kids, right? So then what's the argument with school? I don't, I, you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand this. I don't understand why everything we do flies in the face of everything we say. I just, I can't reconcile that. And I'm not saying this is right or this is what should happen. But if the news shut up about masks tomorrow, you would see way less of them in the stores now. And you know that. You know that to be true. You know how I know? Because we're not screaming about the stuff we were screaming about over the summer. Because it's not coming from the box anymore to tell us to be mad about it. Here, I'll give you another one. I want you to understand this. That if a member of the press secretary's staff in the last administration had threatened a reporter to the point to where they had to then be released from their position, it would be the only story you heard about. Most of you right now have no idea what I'm talking about. Because that story got undercovered. That's how I know. People don't really care. People don't really, they're not really invested. They don't really think we should be doing stuff. We get told stuff and then we kind of go along with it, Right. I believe masks have been helpful. I believe in social distancing. I believe in the pandemic. I've told you a thousand times. It's not a Demic. It's not a planned. It's none of that crazy, you know, all that stuff that you hear out on like the far end of the websites, right? It's not, it's not that it's not that, but we have played games with this and we are still to this day playing games with this. And if you don't understand that that's going to make people skeptical or it's going to make them angry at what they're seeing around them, I, I think that's unrealistic. I I just do ghost. I mean, how much social distancing can you do in line? Like those lines are already, you ever see how long those things are now start moving six people apart. Like how are they going to do it? Isn't that going to be a mess now? Granted, you're letting less people into the park. I get it. I I totally understand it. You're going to have to make reservations prior you're going, but you know, sooner or later it's going to be, well, if we're making people show a, a, a false test to get on an airplane, and they're going to. They've already talked about that. They've already said they're doing it. And they're going to make you have a false test to go on a cruise line. By the way, yes, they're already doing it. Proof. Isn't that going to trickle down to this? Of course it is. And that's how they're going to end up stay open. And this is how they're going. I remember I told you. Everybody's screaming, I'm never getting a shot. I'm not doing it. And remember when I told you that the anger is coming from a place of, you know, you're going to get it because you want to take your kids on vacation. And in order to get on that plane to go to Six Flags, what are you going to need? Yep. Oh, 069. Welcome back to the Stands Ratio. 10-10 this morning. Teresa gives you another keyword. It's worth $1,000. bucks. she has got a couple of opportunities. 12 times a day on Rock 106.9, we do it. Uh, I had teased a little earlier in the program that around uh, about an hour from now, I was going to let everybody know. Something I did Friday that I always tell other people, you should not do this. And um, I did it. I regret it. And I feel like an idiot. And so I'm going to try to absolve my sins coming up around one hour from now on the program. couple of uh, guesses here. Was it drinking and driving? It was not. I wouldn't take that as lightly as I am taking this even. Um, another really good guess out of a diehard listener, Rob, was like, was it drunk texting the ex? It was not. I will, uh, I will tell you there was a moment of weakness with that. I, uh, a buddy of mine in the radio business was in town from um, Nebraska. He uh, manages a couple of stations out that way. He was like, "Yo, man, I'm rolling through town. I kind of want to buy you a beer." I was like, "Let's talk about some stuff." I was like, "All right." So I met him out, and uh, and, and uh, you know he's like, "Dude, so tell me the story, man." He's like, "My wife and I listen to the podcast every day. Tell me the story." So as I was telling him the story, I there was a moment of weakness where I was like, "Dude, just do it." And uh, but I ended up I ended up not doing that. So that, that's a good guess. Uh, that was a very good guess there, uh, but that is not what it is. I'll tell I'll fill everybody in to end the program a little later. All right. I um had asked the question that if I go to a store today and I'm looking to buy clothing, will I be allowed to try some things on? I had heard during the pandemic, no, you're not allowed to be doing a lot of that, right? And, and I can understand it. I, I I can understand that. Now, Sarah works retail, reached out to me at Stansberry Show on uh, on Twitter. You can also find me on Instagram, dan.sansbury At Sansbury shows the uh, Facebook page as well. Give that a like. And she said, look, where I work, no, and I'm not going to tell people where that is right now. She's like, where I work, no, we have a pretty hard, fast rule on it. No, you're not going to be trying things on. She's like, but, you know, as I work in retail and know other people that do, she goes, I have seen, you know, instances of plenty of other stores who will, in fact, let you try some stuff on. Um, you know, I, uh, yeah, I just, I, I need a couple of pairs of jeans and I just, you know, I'm I, normally it's like 36, 32 is what I wear there, but you know, your boy's been eating a little bit <laughs> recently. I'm like, you know, I'm sad and I want some calories. Right. And so I'm just kind of curious about whether or not I actually did all the way, like expand this, uh, this waist all the way out. And I don't want to just buy something off the rack thinking it's going to fit, get it home. So I might wait even a little longer there. Did, by the way, did you see this about online shopping, uh, quickly here, they have this new, uh, suit that apparently you're going to be able to buy. And then you'll try it on and wear it. And through that dimensions, then of that, you'll, th- it'll be like the new thing when you go to check out. What size do you want? It's like, well, I have this, you know, um, e-suit that I wear and I fit and it fits like this. And then so that's, that's how they'll fit you. I guess Untucket runs on a, on a similar system there. I mean, they don't give you the suit you try on. But for those of you that don't know, Untucket is this – it's based – I mean, they have retail centers, but it's mostly online. And you – like, they give you, like, their their sizing chart. You measure yourself. And I guess they have, like, something like 80-some fits or something to, to make sure it'll, it'll fit most people. I've never owned anything from Untucket. Uh, they do a lot of advertising. I should probably buy something, but – Um, and and I'm interested in. My buddy's got a few of them, and I'm like, dude, those are nice. He's like, yeah, man, that's untuck it. I I was like, all right. I mean, you know, they're a little pricey, but I guess if you're getting, you know, something that fits perfectly like that, I didn't even think about you know retail with that. Like, think about that. If you can't try stuff on, are you gonna buy it? I mean, I, I don't know. I I mean, I'm less likely to buy something unless I know. It fits. I've been curious about this with the COVID thing, like picking something off off the rack in my hands and putting it down. Now, I guess there's less surface issues than what we initially thought and all that. I, I grant you that. But I mean, I see way less that customer just touched this. Let's wipe it down before the next person touches it. I see way less of that now than I saw when we started on. And I would have figured that the optics alone. Would have people still keeping that up? You know what I mean. As though people aren't like doing what I'm doing right now, which is talking about the fact that we don't do that anymore. You know what I mean. Like I would have thought that that would have led to some of that. But from what I understand, um, yes, or no, rather that uh, that uh, that it seems as if uh, again more and more people writing in tell me, dude, do not go anywhere today, expecting to try things on. You most likely will not be able to do that. All right, another company's under fire over their advertisement. And everybody's going to tell me how they don't care. But when I read you their comments, I think we're going to find out that they do care. It's nine. Welcome back to the Stan's Show on Rock 106.9. I must have missed something with Cam Newton. Apparently there's this video where this kid like totally disrespects Cam Newton. And Cam yells back at the kid, I'm rich. Something, I don't know. I'm going to have to look into this. I'll be honest with you. I must have missed it. I must have just missed it. But I'll get right up on that this afternoon. We'll prep it down and uh, see if that's something we should wait into tomorrow. A lot of people asking me about it, so that's probably a good indicator that, yeah, maybe I should be. Getting into that tomorrow. Also, New Tour Tuesday. Send me your stuff. Stansbury at WRQK.com. Apparently, Trevor Bowers has got some musical project he's working on. A, a buddy of mine who listens to the show a lot. He's down in Texas right now working. And he was like, um, did you know about this? <laughs> and I hadn't. And so like, I'm going to listen to that today. And maybe we'll uh, shoehorn that in for New Tour Tuesday tomorrow as well. All right. There's no such thing as bad publicity. Even today. I've talked about this with canceling. Morgan Wallen gets canceled. Streams go up. Album sales go up. Interest in him, up, 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 up. Gina Carano, they, yet, they cancel her from uh, The Mandalorian. Her action figures, up through the roof, and sooner or later, the next argument's going to be: we have to stop canceling because it's helping, and let's stop drawing attention to the bad things people do. And then it's going to go back to everybody's doing bad stuff, nobody cares. We're going to work ourselves all the way around, all the way around. It's what we're going to do. It's what we do. And so the canceling thing is like, eh, remember this one with the marketing? We're running out of sriracha. And I was like, no, we aren't. People didn't even start eating this stuff until a year ago. Don't tell me we're running out of it. What are you, nuts? No, we aren't. No, we aren't. By the way, there's sriracha on the shelves everywhere you go. And this is now happening with Cadbury eggs. And there's a reason why they put this ad out. It's because people care about their products for about a month and a half. And then the rest of the year, nobody cares. So Cadbury put out an ad. The commercial could be seen WRQK.com. I also have it available at the Facebook page at Sansbury Shows. How you find that, give that a like. And so you watch the video, right? And it's like, these people eat Cadbury eggs, and so do these, and so do these. And it's like, you know, and then they next thing you know, there's two men at the end of the commercial, and they have a Cadbury egg in between them, and they're each biting on one end of it. And the woman in the commercial says, "Oh, sharers, yeah, we're down with that." Pretty much saying, "Yeah, come on, come one, come all, buy the Cadbury egg." Right? And it's pretty much the lady and the tramp thing there, except for the the lips never touch, and that's kind of the point for me. Is like they it kept being listed as same sex kiss, so I'll be honest with you, that's how I listed it at our website, and that's how I listed it at our Facebook page. But there actually is no same sex kiss here. There's no they never touch lips. It's just, you know, the egg breaks and then that stuff's kind of gooey in the center and it does. It kind of comes off looking like, I, I, don't, I don't know about that, right? And like you know But it's more about the egg breaking than it is two dudes who almost lip lock, right? But everybody's going to rush to tell you how they don't care about this. But you do care. You ever notice this? You can't help yourself. You know what I should say right now? They can't help them. That's what I should be saying now. Not you. I should be saying they. They do care about this. They can't help themselves. They have to say something about it. Which, yes, you've caught me in my evil plan to get clicks. By the way, I know I'm getting that. You just posted this to get clicks. And I always say, um, yeah, I woke up today with a desire to do my job. <laughs> yeah, you caught me in my evil plan to be successful at what I do for a living. I don't, I don't understand the, I I really don't get the accusation. I really don't get, I never get that. I'm like, um, you mean I'm doing what my contract literally says I have to do? That's what I'm doing. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I guess, but what I saw one of the comments was this. I don't care who you sleep with. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you do. Why do you got to shove it in my face? Okay. I need to, I need an answer to this question. Why is a man and a woman kissing, not shoving something in your face, but two men kissing is two women kissing is you don't feel like straightness is being forced down your throat or shoved in your face. When, when a straight couple kiss, you don't feel that way at all. Right? You know why that is, don't you? Because in your mind, you still feel as if heterosexual relationships are, air quote, normal. And that this to you is a little still abnormal. And so that feels like it's something that's being shoved in your face. I don't necessarily feel when I watch a man and a woman kiss like, oh, look at them shoving love and compassion in my face. Look at them. I never feel that way. But leave me out of it, because I don't really feel that way about this other thing either. Nobody ever talks about it that way. Because your relationship is what? You are in a relationship with somebody from the opposite sex. That's normal to you. So you're seeing yourself come from the TV screen. It's relatable to you. Right? Dude, gay people are out there. I mean, does, I mean, no matter what you want to think or no, they let them they just send them to an island, to all live together. They did, and you're living on it. And like at the end of the day, like I don't, I don't, so I don't understand. I don't understand. Well, the Cadbury things, those are for the kids, okay? But who's doing the shopping? You see what I'm saying? The eight-year-old ain't going in the store to buy his own Cadbury. So th- there's a little bit of that. So who do you market to? Who, who the end products being passed off to in in the Easter basket, or the people who are buying said thing? You got to understand. Well, if they have kids, then why do the same sex kiss matter to them? It doesn't, but it actually doesn't matter to them, meaning that they're not going to get up in arms about the fact that it was on TV. So they're still going to buy the egg. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's I, I don't understand this. It they're they're shoving it in our face thing. I don't get it. Shoving what in our face? Relationships? I understand that there are same-sex relationships out there. I get that. And this of all years and this of all eras, if you don't expect this to be part of advertising now, like, isn't that kind of on you now? Because it's like, how many of these, how many times are you going to get mad about it? And everybody always goes right to the, oh, who cares? You angry dude. You pissed off dude. (laughs) Like, that's Who cares? you who cares indeed <laughs> like that's not like i want to i want to put the question right back on other people who cares indeed because like people say oh if you stop talking about this stuff and we will all be normal again but dude you're the one people who get upset about this stuff are the ones who keep this stuff afloat they never actually lock lips to me you know what it looked like and again judge it for yourself wrqk.com is where you can see the video right But what it looked like to me was suck, suck, blow. Remember that game where you play with the cards when you're you're drinking? I lived in Holly Park in Kent. I remember drinking games, right? And you kind of like suck on the card and you pass it between the two people. I don't understand why that's okay while you were in college drinking beers upside down out of kegs. That was fine. But Cadbury does it to sell an egg and it's now shoving things in our faces. I, I don't understand it. I don't. I, I don't understand it. I think what's happening here. I'll. I, I'll. I'll present it another way. I don't think it's shoving something in your face. I think it's making up for lost ground. See, your your relationship hasn't had to fight for normalcy on television. Same sex relationships have. So if you don't think now that as more and more of the country starting to come along on the sides of this and more and more of the country's like, yeah, man, like what the hell we've been, what the hell are we persecuting those people for? What the hell? Who cares that through that you're going to start to see this more and more and more and more and more? Now, I know there's the religious angle of Easter, and it's an Easter candy, and it's linked to Easter, and look what the Bible said about this, and look what the Bible said about that. But yeah, man, we pick and choose what we want to read from the Bible and where we want to apply it. And don't lie to me, because we do. You know, I've been preaching about this one 20 years. Money is not the root of all evil, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Because the passage is to, to, to show you that you're the scumbag thing not money. You, the human is the scumbag thing. And that you have to fight against that. That's what that passage. But see, we love that change, baby, because it means we're not to blame for anything. We love that little bit of a change there because we get let off the hook. So yeah, does the Bible talk about man laying with man and this and that? Yeah. But dude, I ain't Jesus and neither of you. And, dude, until you can prove me uh, some other stuff, then why am, I lizz- why, why, why am I running countries on this? Why am I running advertising on this thing we can't prove? See what I'm saying? Plenty of arguments on the other side, too. If you truly didn't care about something, we wouldn't get mad about it. You can right? That's why people tell me all the time when they're, they're mad and they're foaming at the mouth of, at me while telling me they don't care. And they would say, do you don't care about me and I can do that to you? Wow, Nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9 online for you, WRQK.com. I did not mean to get us into a holy war. But, you know, people are sending me Leviticus and all this stuff. and Yeah, I know it says that. It also says, judge not lest thee be judged. Yeah, I believe all creations are, uh, are God's children. I believe that was part of that. Nah, 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 judge not lest thee be judged. It also says you can stone your neighbor to death, I believe, for planting two crops side by side, two different crops side by side. I believe you can stone your daughter to death in the Bible for bringing shame to the family's name. Go ahead and stone your daughter to death in the backyard. Tell me how it goes. You see what I'm saying here? That maybe it was the best knowledge for its time and that we've evolved a little bit. That maybe that's part of the Bible too. Also, here's the other thing with the same sex thing. And Jesus says, it's a sin. Let's say it is. Let's say Jesus believes that's a sin. And let's say that that will, in fact, be punished as sin if, like, the, you know, the story of Christ and that whole thing is totally true. Let's say that. So that's going to happen. Jesus has got it handled. Why do you have to scream at everybody about it while you're on earth now? The Almighty's got it. He'll need you. <laughs> as a matter of fact, the book says, be weary of men who say they speak for me. That's a paraphrase. But... That's in there, too, now. Yeah. See, I've read it, because <laughs> you had to to live in my father's house. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's where people get in trouble with me a little bit, because it's like, well, it says this. Yeah, but it also says this, and it says this, and it says this, and it says this, and it says that. It goes on and on and on. It also said a man lived inside of a whale for three days and didn't die. Good luck with the stomach acid, Holmes. <laughs> I mean, good luck with it. I mean, so, like, let's be careful about that being, like, the law, like, the law of man. I've also said, look, it's called the King James Version for a reason, right? If you had the ability to, like, I don't know, work your magic with the word of God, weren't you going to do it? Exactly. All right. A school board had, I believe, most of its members have to resign. They were caught on a hot mic, Zoom-type meeting that they thought was being done privately just by the school board members before they opened it up to, like, parents in the school district. They got caught saying some things that are not so great about parents in the school district. And they since then had to step down. We know how this works. Let's take a listen to the story I'm pulling from Cleveland 19 News.
3: The Oakley Union Elementary School District Board thought they were just chatting amongst themselves. Are we alone? But their conversation over a...
1: Ask the question, so you knew what you were doing wasn't great.
3: A Webex call was being recorded as they... Yeah,
1: Webex must be like Zoom, like Microsoft Teams or whatever. It must be like one of those kind of things. We use Teams here in this building, but, you know, whatever. ...were
3: responding to complaints from parents who didn't understand why their children were still in distance learning mode. This board member did not mince words. She talked about what she would do if parents who commented online did it to her face. If you're going to call me out, I'm going to you up.
1: (laughs) Basically, you know, if you approach me as a school board member, you do this. I'm going to do this. Now, is that inappropriate for a school board member? I understand why people think it is. I understand why the, why, why the standard of society is that's inappropriate for a school board member. But I look at things a little bit more surface level and logical, I believe, is that I always say this. Organizations, police forces, doctors, school boards, what are they? We, we always use these terms, school board members. And then we think that that all of a sudden when you join said group, you transform and become something that you're not, which is human. And I always remind people, the, these, these groups are all compiled of humans. I liken, if you call me out, I'm going to F you up. I liken that to when somebody tells you a story and they're like, and then I turn around and told him to ask this and do this. And it's like, well, that's your boss and you still work there. So like, no, you didn't say that. What did you really say? What you're doing there is letting off steam between you and your friends and your coworkers and this and that. And I know the pushback is going to be school board members shouldn't be doing that. So I guess that's my first question. And there's still some more audio to get to here. About two minutes left of this. I guess my first question is, are school mem- board members not allowed to release steam amongst themselves? Are they not allowed to talk about daily interactions with people that, that, that annoy them in the same manner that you are or that I am? Is that what we're saying? I don't want to speak for everybody. Is, is that the standard we are trying to set as a country?
3: <laughs> Sorry, that's just me. That comment quickly spread throughout the Oakley community. It was really shocking to hear that. It was, um, it was appalling. I don't know why.
1: Why are you shocked to find out human beings work in these things? This is exactly what you would say if you had that job. It is. But yet once you have, now, is the benchmark, you have the job, so you give up that, right? We talked about this last week with my job. I am not allowed to post Some of the things that you guys post on Facebook, I don't view that as fair, but it is a reality. And I do understand what the rules of engagement for my position are. So I don't say certain things because it's like, well, not going to be able to have the microphone if I say that. Meanwhile, you're allowed all you want. You may get in Facebook jail every, you know, every six months, they'll find something you did and then take a three day time out. But you're right back in it. I would lose my career for saying some of the things you guys say online. I don't necessarily think that's fair, but is this the rule of engagement for a school board member?
3: Another board member suggested that parents just want to send their kids back to school so that they could smoke pot again.
2: My brother had a delivery service for medical marijuana.
0: The clientele were parents with their kids in
3: school.
1: <laughs> Basically saying, look, you know, a lot of his clients were the parents of kids that, uh, that come to our school. Okay, well... Marijuana smoking is more prevalent than people want to admit that it is. By the way, guys, I tell you this all the time. People tell me everything because of the amount of honesty I have given out in the microphone. The amount of people that interact with your children or the amount of people who have a a big boy, big girl job that you feel like should not who who snort cocaine would blow you away. I'm just telling you right now. The amount of teachers your kids have had throughout their schooling who snort cocaine, it would blow you away. (laughs) I mean, seriously, dude, I think you'd be shocked to find out that number. It's going to be way higher than you think it is.
3: They see us writing letters monthly, weekly to the board. This is now
1: a parent saying they're seeing us. We're stressed out about how to send our kids what what we're going to do here. And this is then they're joking around. This is a parent. Um, you know detailing our stresses and our grief about distance learning so and i'm sure that that does weigh heavy on parents it has to i don't know how it wouldn't but let's not pretend every parent is the stressed out parent there's a lot of you that are posting the memes of that you would full on admit that you just want to send your kid back to school so you can get your days back now is that really the truth or is it just funny to admit to let out wait wait for it to let out the steam dealing with your kids when they are normally in school gets a little hectic, gotta pull my hair out, wine with the wine, gotta do this, got right? And like everybody admits, oh mommy's got like she's got the flask for, you know, in a book club and like everybody's doing all this stuff. What is that? It's letting off steam. So if you're allowed now, is that the rule then? You're allowed to let steam about your own kids out and nobody else is allowed to let off steam what it's like to deal with you and your children. All right, I, I. how convenient for all of us, right? <laughs> That's the benchmark we wanna make? For them to say that we're doing nothing and we're sitting at home smoking pot is so far from the truth. Well, so, not, probably for you. But let's be honest, there are bad parents out there. So why is it, notice this, everybody takes ownership of the sentence that got said. Why are you taking ownership of this? Why do you assume they're talking about you? Why do we take ownership of things? versus, well, yeah, I'm sure there's some parents in school who are guilty of this, and they're just kind of, before a meeting starts, they're joking around about their job. Like, I will admit, it it doesn't look good, and the optics are bad. And I understand that in today's standard, for sure, like, you're going to be like, let go. I'm not even having the conversation about whether or not they should. I understood they were going to, a bunch of people resigned, and that whole thing. I get that. It's just people shock that people who have jobs like this talk like this, that's, where, that's what it is. That's where I'm lost. And I think it's because I do talk to that many people in the public, like that many. And so, like, I've talked to people in every career field there is. And once you start talking to them and, dude, and nobody can hear what they say, everybody kind of talks like this. They just do.
3: The conversation went on for eight minutes. All right, that's probably excessive. That they want to pick on
0: us. Because they want
1: their babysitters back. Uh, Essentially making the point that you just want to send your kids back to school so somebody else is dealing with them. Again, I've seen enough of the memes that are saying just that. Well, I'm joking. Okay, but when I say I'm joking, everybody always writes in and says, all jokes are based in truth. And that's how I normally get myself in trouble when I'm like, "Ah, I'm kidding. People are like, ah, jokes are based in truth, though, right? And that's how I always get myself in trouble. So... You know what I mean? If you're joking around about your own kid and not wanting to have your own kid, imagine imagine being that person. I don't want to deal with my own kid, but I'm shocked. By the way, these aren't teachers. They're school board members. That's the other point we should be highlighting here. These are not the people your children deal with day in and day out to learn how to dissect a sentence. That's not who's saying this. Right.
0: Right. Right.
3: The open microphone incident reached parents in other parts of the Bay Area.
0: Of course. I don't think any of my collective parenting friends ever would expect a teacher to be
2: a babysitter. That's just not what education is about.
1: Now again, they're talking about they want their babysitters back, that meaning the teachers and not the school board members. So that parent's not necessarily out of line there.
3: These San Francisco parents expressed their frustration that classes have not resumed for in-person learning. Today, they began the first in a series of Zoom-in mornings. Online classes were held outside a closed Clarendon Elementary. To me, it's all ridiculous. Vaccinate them, make them feel safe,
2: get the kids back. and
1: She's talking about the teachers again. The school board, again, they're not the ones dealing with your kids in and out of each and every school day. They're the, not the ones doing that.
2: In case you're
3: wondering, this is the moment when the Oakley School Board discovered they were still live. Oh.
0: We have the meeting
1: open to the public right now. Nuh-uh. uh And that's when they realize, oh, my God, our careers are over, at least temporarily. It might be uh, tough to get another school board job if, if you know what I mean? Because, like, you won't know their names. I won't know these people's names and, and all that. But once you're in education, I think names kind of get flagged like that. In any occupation, let's not make it education. Like, Again, a radio dude could get in trouble in Arkansas, and you won't know. But I would know. My boss would know. And so when he applies for another job, my boss is going to be like, "Uh, what happened in Little Rock, homie? (laughs) Right? And like that's kind of how that goes. So in the industries, the world gets smaller there. I'm not arguing saying this should be fine and everybody... I'm not saying everybody's overreacting. But I will always pull myself back and be shocked that human beings are surprised that other human beings have frustrations and will vent them in an inappropriate manner to get through their day. I'm always going to be surprised. People are shocked that humans are, in fact, well, human. That's I I guess I'm just shocked by that.
0: Rock 106.9.
1: Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Man, you should read my hate mail right now. Man, I brought the Bible into that Cadbury conversation. People are pissed at me. Don't talk about the Bible. It's the lack of morals that's ruining this country. Okay. I don't think the Bible is the only place from which to pull morality. Right? What you've just said is people who don't believe in the Bible cannot be moral. That I don't believe is true. I don't buy that. I also just said, I'm not, I, I, I don't understand. Dude, this is what I don't get. Stop canceling everything. Get this commercial off the air. Okay. <laughs> I mean, which side of the argument? do you move? Now, I think how that happens sometimes is people see so much other stuff get canceled and they're like, well, I'm going to take a page out of their book. So I don't know if that's necessarily hypocrisy or if it's more like, hey, it works for them. Let's see if it'll work for us. I, I think that that's probably how that happens. I get it. I, I know everybody's going to be, you know, all up in arms. I get it. I understand it. You know, we all want to interpret the Bible the way we want to, right? We all want to pick and choose what works in there and what doesn't. Yeah, I I mean, I get it. All right. I did something Friday and I'm embarrassed of it. And I preach about this all the time that people should not do this. And so I don't want to be guilty of having done it. And then just kind of pretend that that didn't happen. Not good. None of you were there. I yelled at somebody. I took my day out on somebody that I had to deal with and it was not their fault. I talk about it all the time. Like, dude, you watch those people? They go into like I don't know a grocery store. They'll go into a gas station. They just light up the clerk. They're just downloading that failure and that regret and that that angst in there, and they're just making it somebody else's problem. And I said, "Dude, you don't do, you don't do that." And I have done this in my life. I had been a quick to anger person, and I still am occasionally. But I did a lot of work, a lot of self help, a lot of a lot of therapy. Tried to try to try to fix this about me because I don't enjoy it. But Friday, I did it. Let me tell you what happened. I opened a bill from Dominion, the gas company, and it was hundreds of dollars. And I went, oh, for F's sake! And the reason why is because I have tried unsuccessfully seven times to enroll in automatic bill pay, just take the money out of my account and move forward. I always think I do it, then I don't, and then they don't, they'll, for some reason, then I then the, the, I don't get the bill in my mail anymore because I went paperless, but I sure as hell get that, we're shutting you off notice in the mail. So I got that on Friday, like, hey, you haven't paid in a little while, yo, it's the money. And so I'm like, all right, so I just dialed up the phone number, and you know you don't talk to somebody, right? You don't talk to anybody anymore when you do that, right? You just enter in, oh, is the, what's the security code? And then you kind of type that in, right? And so I do this, and it's like, dude, it's like 300-some dollars or something, right? And so I pay it. And they're like, hey, are you done, or would you like to talk to somebody at customer service or whatever, whatever it says, right? And I was like, you bet your sweet ass I do, right? So I click that button, and I'm waiting, and I can feel it in me. I got the, I got the anger. I got the I got the bitching in me, <laughs> and I got to get it out right. <laughs> and I I can feel it coming. And I should have just hung up then, but I was like, nah. I've tried to. I, I tried to sign up for online bill pay on their really hard to work website. It really is. It's difficult. I don't know what the hell's going on with the gas company, but for some reason it's harder than it should be. And so I tried to do it that way, and I tried to do it with it with an account representative once upon a time too. And then and I was told, oh yeah, you're all good. So I. The woman comes on the phone and I was like, I don't understand this. I was like, you got to help me figure this out. I said, it's a shut off notice. And she goes, you know, the last time you paid us was here. And I said, no, I literally just paid it this morning. She goes, yeah, you didn't know us that money. And I was like, wait, what? And she goes, no, no, no. Y- 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 that bill got sent in the mail. That shut off notice got sent in the mail in the middle of the billing period when you did, in fact, call back here and get yourself signed. I said, so I didn't owe you this money. And she's like, no. I was like, so, but when I called this morning and I paid it, nobody was like, hey, you don't owe us this money. Like, it wasn't like, why are you, are you sure you want to give us a payment even though your account balance is zero? That recording can do everything but that, apparently. (laughs) And so, like, dude, now I'm hot, right? Like, now I'm hot. And I said, how stupid is this? And she said, sir, there's no reason to call me stupid. And then I got mad because I said, well, lady, I didn't call you stupid. Now, did I? I said, this is stupid. I didn't call you stupid. I said, you're recording the conversation for, you know, my benefit. And I said, "Her. I was like, let's go to the tape. (laughs) I said, take me. And she's like, sir, sir. I said, no, no, no. Take me to the goddamn tape. (laughs) I'm like screaming, just losing my mind. So sure enough, through my yelling, I can hear enough of her go, um, what we're going to do is just credit your account. You won't have to pay for a little while. You're enrolled in on bill pay. And I can hear her like starting to write other things. And I just started screaming. And then I was like, you know what? God, to hell!" Or whatever the hell it was. And then I hung up on her. And for about two seconds, I felt better. And now since Friday afternoon, I have felt that much worse. That poor lady. Who probably isn't anywhere near Canton, Ohio, by the way, (laughs) obviously, because they're always like, well, watch your zip code and like all this stuff, right? And like has nothing to do with anything. Just doing her goddamn job. And there's just some dude just, like, lacing her over the phone. And I just, and I, and since Friday afternoon, I've been like, what the hell is the matter with you, bro? Like, you gotta get a grip, dude. Like, you cannot fall down on this stuff, man. You cannot go back and be like a psychopath. Like, you, dude, you've done so much positive momentum work on this. Like, do not do this. And I have felt, like, honest to God, like a piece of worthless trash since I did it. Like, since I've done, I know better than that. I am better than that. Or at least I should be better than that. So I just want to be able to keep preaching people shouldn't do that. And I feel like the only way I can do that is to admit that, yeah, I did it. And I feel like an absolute, and I mean an absolute scumbag because of it. Teresa's got a couple of keywords that are worth $1,000 a piece. She'll give you the first one at 1010. Other than that, I am done for the day. Missed anything? Pick up the podcast shortly. WRQK.com. Other than that, I hope you all stay safe out there. Be good to one another and meet me back here tomorrow morning. I hope you guys have a decent afternoon and I hope I get a chance to see you guys.